Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rusty Quill presents... That's it, spread out. Turn this place upside down if needs be. If there's some kind of hidden doorway in the shelter, I want it found immediately. And you are quite certain, Agent Stroud, that there is indeed some kind of gateway in here, 
amongst all this detritus? In my sleep read, I saw the angel-type thing, the screen-eater, bringing the homeless through a kind of doorway into another dimension, a realm of pure pain. Since I only detected a small residuum of dream outside the shelter, I have to assume the people were being moved beneath it, or beyond it, via some other unearthly means. Well, if a standard physical search doesn't turn anything up, we'll have to summon your brother here. I understand his talent, in addition to disarming dangerous exopaths of their deadly penchant for altering reality, can also detect otherworldly energy signatures. If any unearthly shenanigans are at play here, it's reasonable to suppose he might root them out, yes? I'm afraid I'm not entirely knowledgeable as to the extents of Isaiah's talents, but it's certainly a reasonable assumption, sir. I hope so, Agent. Because if tomorrow's ritual is interrupted by these creatures, and we fail to acquire the data we're after, there's a substantial chance that not even your bleeding heart will be sufficient to mourn the scores of dead that might result. Pardon me for saying so, sir, but I thought you said the dim hasn't risen to the kind of threat. The dim is but one piece of the puzzle, Agent. I'm sure you think of the esoterium as one cogent block of operational mysteries. Hooded esotarchs lockstep with the secret beating heart of the unseen world. Nothing could be further from the truth. Your professors at Salence speak quite highly of your acumen, so I'll pay you the courtesy of being frank. As above, so below, I believe is the little saying the Heckens are so fond of encanting. You might be surprised to know that such sentiment holds true for bureaucracies as well. Those that lurk the shadows are not so utterly distinct from those that do not. Quite a few bridges had to be built for this outing. Their craftsmanship fragile and uncertain due to so, so many strained relationships. That is the other reason why so little was provided for this mission's completion. Why would the Esoterium not want to know more about the Dim? Why indeed, Agent Stroud? Why indeed? Excuse me, sir, but we may have found something. Whatever is that under there, it looks like the same sort of nervous tissue we saw coming out of the compromised officer back at the hospital. Call Dr. Pembry here at once. I want him to take a look at it. Yes, sir. It's spooled across the room, under the floorboards, almost like a cable of some sort. It's part of the technology they use to transmit and receive pain signals. I got an eyeful of the stuff during my sleep read. 
I'll bet it's part of whatever apparatus that's been allowing the things to come and go through here. This end of it's unraveling downward, likely into the basement somewhere. Then follow where it leads, man. Agent Stroud, accompany Captain Gilstrix and his men into the cellar. I want to know what's down there. You other men, keep prying up those floorboards. I want to know where the other side of that length of nervous tissue ends up. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even accompanied by a bunch of soldiers, <laughs> graduates from Jericho no less, I didn't feel ready for whatever was down there. The sleep read had taken a lot out of me. The visions of what happened to those people from the Isle of Fatted Calves. These goddamn monsters were in a class by themselves when it came to cruelty, treating their victims to unearthly pleasures just to rip them away from it all after they'd been made to believe they'd found heaven. And after they'd been fattened, God only knew how long they'd been made to suffer. I could only guess at what kind of hell they'd whipped up and secreted away in that cellar. Surprisingly, the lights worked just fine, revealing a massive basement of creaking floor joists and crumbling drywall. Dropping back, I let the grunts take the lead, their eyes tracing out the location of the hidden cable. Crowds always had the same effect on me, drove me inward, away from judgment and prying eyes. The underground silence surrounded us, begging, it seemed to me, to be filled with shrieks of the poor and gullible. The sounds of the soldiers tearing down the drywall ceiling in search of the nervous cord turned wet. Sounds of scabs ripping away from a dozen wounds. Mental exhaustion combined with the sun burning over the city was making me slip. It wouldn't be long before she came looking for me. Charlotte. I needed to move things along. Stand clear, fellas. I'll take care of this. Even with the sun chewing away at my power, I was more than capable of tearing down some old drywall and insulation. Turns out, I might have been a little too wound up. I managed to smash the light fixtures as my power wrenched the ceiling free. still in the dark with my talents, so to speak. Warping reality by injecting it with molten dream wasn't as easy as it sounded. Little tongues of blue flame licked out from my eyes as the recent graduates of Jericho stared holes through me. This isn't anyone's first rodeo, gentlemen, so let's all do our jobs and find out where that leads, hmm? The light from my eyes revealed the red cord of glistening flesh where it dangled from the ceiling. It only took a moment for the soldiers to shift gears, snapping out their flashlights and tracing back the line of nervous tissue to a small locked room down a brief service tunnel. For such an out-of-the-way place, the door was strung with enough locks for an entire house. I raised a hand in caution as I sheathed my Balik. Ladies first, gentlemen. (laughs) 
what in God's name is all this? The room was alive with tangles of pulsing flesh wrapped around a large rusty cylinder standing about five feet tall. Just being near the thing stung my flesh and the soldiers winced as they drew up behind me. Christ, what is that thing, Agent? I can feel it. Can't say for sure, but if I were to hazard a guess, given what these creatures thrive upon, I'd say it's some kind of pain receptacle. But that's about as far as my pay grade takes me. This is Gilstrix. We found, uh, something. Splendid, Captain. I'm sending down Dr. Pembry. Hopefully he'll be able to make some sense out of your something. Any idea what it is, Doctor? From what I'm seeing here, it's a bioetheric battery, of sorts. You see, the organic filaments act as conduits for pain, or more specifically, the psychic reaction to pain. Contrary to what their name implies, these creatures, these scream-eaters, don't actually feed upon pain, as pain is merely an electrical impulse carried across various organic media. What they actually feed upon is the psychic reaction to pain, its effects upon the mind, the soul. Thus, the respective technology combines elements of the mechanical, organic, and the etheric. What we're looking at here is a mechanical device that uses an extensive organic network to both house and transmit psychic trauma. Did Gand tell you I think we're looking for a door, maybe some kind of gateway? Yes, and I agree with your assessment, Agent. During my study of these creatures, I've come to realize that they are capable of some kind of movement between this dimension and their own. It only makes sense that at the nucleus of that capacity should lie a sophisticated, even technological, articulation of psychic anguish. I suspect these dendritic nerve filaments connect with another similar device, the gateway you suspect. So you've encountered these things elsewhere, Doctor? Yes, you could say that. My mentor, Dr. Leonard Shreves, was one of three specialists within the field of nether bionics, brought in by the Bachner Research Group to examine the corpse of a strange humanoid creature that had come into their possession. It was a scream eater, you see. My mentor's work concerning the charting of its respective physiology helped inform numerous cryptobiological, as well as nether mechanical, advances. As inheritor to his work, I've studied these creatures as extensively as opportunity allows. What you said before about the production and transmission of pain, I'm assuming the pinnacle of that technology lies within the tortuaries themselves. I've encountered them on several occasions in the course of my own work. As I'm sure you know, Agent, Nether Bionics concerns the interfacing of spirit with machine, and these creatures, at least as far as the cultivation and expression of psychic pain is concerned, have mastered that relationship. Back in 07, I was part of a team responsible for attempting to reverse-engineer one of those fascinating, if utterly despicable, machines. 
Almost ten years on, and we're still scratching our collective head over how the damned thing works. This is Gand. We've found your gateway, Agent Stroud. Or at the very least, a hidden room. I want you and Dr. Pembry back up here. Leave Captain Gilstrix and his men to secure the device. I don't want whatever it is switching on and catching us all unawares. Gand out. The hidden area the search team had uncovered was a small length of hallway. The entire thing was lined with corroded metal sheeting. The stains of various bodily fluids splattered everywhere. Floors, walls, ceiling. Trailing nervous tissues unfurled along both sides of the hallway. Little hooks screwed into the walls keeping them from the floor. The whole place reeked of death. And I was surprised I hadn't smelled it over the garden variety reek when I first walked into the shelter. At the end of the short hallway sat a large metal chair-like device, every inch of it coated in rusty spikes and dried blood. Only the gore-caked leather restraints on the arm and leg rests weren't constructed from crudely sculpted iron. Some of the coiling tubers of flesh connected to the back of it, creeping almost ivy-like between the cracks and gullies of the riveted plating that held the whole contraption together. The remaining cables slithered from the base of the chair and outlined a large oval upon the rusted metal wall. And what, good doctor, is this hellish-looking contraption? Hmm, the infamous iron chair. A rather crude, if horribly effective, device used during the Middle Ages to torture and kill witches, murderers, and whomever else was deemed worthy of its administrations. You see, in addition to those nasty spikes, the chief concern of the poor subject would be the fire lit beneath them, slowly heating the brass plates lining the seat. Death was slow and agonizing. Then the pain generated by the occupant of the chair is used to open some kind of door? Precisely. And while the whole process looks terribly archaic to our modern eyes, the bioetheric mechanisms in play are wildly advanced. Take, for example, the device in the basement. It likely stores the runoff, the residuum of psychic pain, what's left over from the process of opening the gateway. Not a drop of agony wasted. You almost sound like you admire them, Doctor. My mentor, Dr. Shreves, was like a father to me, Agent Stroud. He took me in after my family perished during the darkness. He trained me, taught me everything I know. And considering he was abducted by the creatures not long ago, and is likely still being tortured by them at this very moment, I can say with complete assurance that I do not admire them. But... I would be a poor scientist indeed if I should let my personal feelings interfere with my work. And while I may find their technology fascinating, especially given the advances its understanding might furnish us, I want nothing but for their complete and utter extermination. I, I'm sorry, Dr. Pembry. I shouldn't have. Quite all right, Agent. I'm not nearly as bothered by your comment as I am by the absence of what I was hoping to find here. The Limbo Elixir. Limbo Elixir? 
Yes. The monsters use it to prevent the soul from passing on, effectively allowing them to level the most destructive torments imaginable without worrying about killing their victims in the process. Naturally, this allows the Scream Eaters to harvest exponentially more pain than would normally be obtainable from the relatively frail human body. Is it yellow, Doctor? Why, yes it is. How did you come by that information? I did a sleep read earlier. I saw this stuff coursing through several torturaries. It wasn't pretty. I didn't want to rat out my new ability, my access to the way between the beds, especially not to a specialist in the field of nether bionics. However, I was dying to rat out that piece of shit scream eater I saw within the pig-shaped tortuary. But even though I could play off my insight as part of a sleep read, I wasn't even sure the guy was in the Brookman Arms. I had no idea how my secret passageway worked in terms of lining up with the waking world. It was easy enough to gauge when the rooms I wanted to check out were nearby, but by the time I run into the Scream Eater, I'd covered quite a bit of ground. I wanted to wring Sugar's neck for not telling me more about how the whole thing worked. Assistant Mysterian, there's a Councilman Botch to see you. What the hell is he doing here? Tell him to bugger off. We're busy. I told him to come back another time, sir, but he insisted I tell you that he won't leave until he's spoken with you. Damn nuisance. Very well. Cover up the entrance to this room, and then bring him into the lobby. I don't want anyone having the smallest chance of seeing what we've discovered here. Yes, sir. I followed Gand back to the lobby while Pembry hung back. Our esteemed assistant Mysterian didn't want this botch character knowing we had a scientist poking around the outreach center, otherwise known as the Scream Eater's Dine and Dash. Why, Councilman Botch? What a delightful surprise. So, tell me, what is it I can do for you, hmm? For starters, you can tell me what the hell you think you're doing. When we gave our permission to let you use a section of the city for some training exercises, we didn't expect you to be running amok, blowing apart our hospitals, damaging the Mercury Room, seizing private property. Please calm yourself, Councilman. You know as well as I, your permission was merely symbolic, a courtesy we afforded you. The Department of Civic Health and Wellness does not require your consent to do as it sees fit. And you know, Assistant Mysterian Gand, that our authority isn't limited to this city. We have relationships far higher on the totem pole than the likes of you. Yes, you do at that. But any such unpleasantries would take time. And a great deal of effort. You see, assistant Mysterians have contacts too, some of which ascend to the apex of that aforementioned totem pole. But why bother with all of that, especially since my men and I will be departing as early as tomorrow night, hmm? Standing behind a row of gargantuan grunts, I could only hear the two men arguing. 
but once I finally made my way to the fore, I almost drew my Balik and cut down the councilman where he stood. It was him! The Scream Eater I saw from my walk between the beds! The fucker I wanted to kill with every fiber of my being! Fine, but I don't want you and your men here a second longer. Do you understand me? You've long overstayed your welcome, Gand. That's assistant, Mysterian Gand, to you, Councilman. But please, let's not get ugly with each other, shall we? And yes, of course we'll be leaving at our scheduled time of departure. You have my word. Very well, but I'll need you and your men to depart the Outreach Center immediately. No questions asked. As you wish. But I should tell you that the collection of radicals, the same bunch who attacked our people in the Brookman Arms and then later at the hospital, may have spent some time here hiding out. Be that as it may, we still want you and your people out of the building. We'll send our own security team to check it out. Should we find anything, we'll send word. If you insist. But if you don't mind my asking, why are you so concerned about this building? It hardly seems worth the trouble. I can't imagine a city like Blackledge has much use for poverty relief. It was constructed using a charitable contribution by one of our city's benefactors, Tobias Rake. It's a symbol of our dedication to eliminating poverty altogether, to share our good fortune with the world. We don't want it to end up like the other buildings you've left in ruin. How very... benevolent. Well, I must see to the removal of my people, so if you'll excuse me... Of course, I'm sure we'll speak later, Assistant Mysterian. I look forward to it, Councilman. Captain Gilstrix. I want everyone to regroup in the lobby. We have neither the time nor the ability to cover up our findings, and I don't intend to use my rather tenuous authority here to secure the building. They know what's here and what we've likely found. They just might be willing to break from this little game we're playing of not knowing what the other is doing and risk a direct assault by the city's security forces. We cannot afford to have the entire mission spiraling out of control. Damn the department for not allocating more resources for this. I want charges placed all around the building, especially around the alien artifacts. I want nothing left of this place when we leave. Yes, sir. Won't destroying the building just provoke them into attacking us, sir? Taking this piece off the board might make the Scream Eaters and their human pawns less inclined to attack, having nothing to gain by avenging a smoking pile of rubble. It also simultaneously denies them access to whatever might dwell on the other side of that gateway. 
No, I suspect they'll keep playing along until tomorrow night, when they'll attempt to steal the insights of the ritual for themselves. Now, Agent Stroud, I want you and that silence-bred education of yours helping Dr. Pembry sum up his findings concerning the technology we've uncovered here. Yes, sir. And I hope it comforts you to know that before we leave here, I intend to give as much of this city as possible back to the corpse fires it spent so much time stoking, with our dear Councilman Botch first into the flames. I didn't want to correct a superior officer, but when I was done with Botch, there wasn't going to be enough of him left to feed a goddamn goldfish. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the Sleep-Wake Cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion... Visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com. <laughs>